0: Welcome to the Grove Community Church Worship Podcast. We're a faith community seeking to change lives, change our community, and change the world. Here's this week's message. We hope you enjoy it. January 6th, every year, do you know what we celebrate? Epiphany. Very good. It's actually one of the lost celebrations in the church in North America. But epiphany is still very important in most of the world. What does epiphany celebrate? Does anybody know? It's the 12 days of Christmas, yeah, it's the twelfth day of Christmas, and it's what? Supposedly when the wise men showed up, okay? And so epiphany is the reason why we have the twelve days of Christmas is from the 25th through the sixth is twelve days. And those twelve days are the 12 days that For centuries, the church has celebrated as the 12 days of Christmas. And it's a remembrance through those 12 days of the story of Jesus and the response of the wise men. And so we're going to look at the end of the wise man story. We looked at it a few weeks ago in the the middle of our Advent season. But we're going to look at the end of the story, and then we're going to carry over and look at the story of the flight to Egypt. And that's going to be found in Matthew 2. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 2, verses 12 through 15. Matthew 2, 12 through 15. Now, when I was growing up, we had something called a television set. (laughs) Right? And there's something different. It's not—it's not a normal TV, guys. If you're young, you have no clue what a television set is. But a television set was a standalone television that you had to tune in, and you tuned it in in multiple ways. You had rabbit ears, right? And if you don't know what rabbit ears are, they were these antennae that came up out of the uh, off the TV that you then you plugged in, and you had to position those antenna just right. Anybody remember doing this? Anybody have a younger sibling that you made hold the antenna sometimes? All right. And then some people, some of my friends, their antenna set had tinfoil wrapped up around it or connecting the two together. Anything to try to catch these signals. But you had to set the television to the right channel, which meant you had to dial knobs and there were multiple knobs that you had to dial in depending on the channel you wanted to watch so watching television wasn't as easy as well say it is at my house now Alexa turn on the television Alexa turn to channel so-and-so Now you can just speak it and it opens up or you just push a button and it goes to the channel you want to. Mine even has the voice control where I can speak into the remote and it'll go to whatever show, whatever football team, basketball team, whatever I want it to go to, it'll go to and then it shows you a whole menu of options. That's not what a television set was. It was laborious to try to get it tuned in and dialed into the exact right station. Now, before the television set, there were radios and radio sets. And if you think radios, televisions were hard to tune in, radios were even harder. Now, for some of you, this is a weird concept, but used to, on a radio, it was just numbers that continued down this long line listed, and you had a continuous knob, and you actually had two or three knobs, and depending on how many different levels of, uh, um, of radio waves you were trying to tune in, you might have four or five knobs to decide then which way you're going to send the needle left or right. So dialing in your radio station wasn't buttoned. There was no preset. In fact, I remember the first vehicle that I got in where we were able to push a button and scan through and then it just automatically found the station. You're like, oh, "What magic is this?" When I was a kid, you used to have to you designated the kid, all right? So in the back in the old days, you had bench seats up front. Right? The bench seats up front, which meant the middle seat was for the smallest person in the car. We didn't have car seats back then. You put them right there smack dab in the middle. They were going to get decapitated if there was a wreck. But that small person's job was to tune the radio because it might take a few minutes to get it just precisely in the right spot. If you are young, you don't appreciate just how difficult life was when you had to dial in your TV set and your radio. Now it's just become push a button. This week, we're going to look at this passage, and I want to think about what it means to be dialed in. Not push a button easy dialed in, but really dialed in, where we have to thoughtfully and precisely tune our lives in to where it needs to be. Multiple dials. Multiple moments of honing in just the right station. Matthew 2, verse 12. This is after the Magi had come and presented their gifts to Jesus and had worshiped worshiped him. Verse 12. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. That almost sounds like a throwaway verse, doesn't it? And in a way it is it's kind of moving the narrative along it's matthew's way of kind of advancing the story but this is now one of five there's a couple of more but one of five instances in this birth narrative in the jesus story where angels showed up and spoke to a human via a dream and the human responding, one of five and in this case who is it that's responding and who is it that receives the dream the magi, the magi. these aren't faithful Jewish followers <clears throat> these aren't people who were studied and learned in the way of the Jewish faith they weren't in the temple when this happened they didn't have to go and make a sacrifice to be tuned into God speaking to them, they just had to be available. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Verse thirteen. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Now, this is the what second time that he's appeared to Joseph in a dream. He appears to Joseph in a dream and he says, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Verse 14, And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son." There is another couple of times where an angel shows up and speaks, and Joseph and the young family respond. It's a pretty simple and straightforward story that Matthew's telling. God speaks. People listen. They obey. The narrative moves forth. And Jesus becomes the man who saves the world. But let's think about this for a second. What happens? What happens if in verse 12, the Magi didn't listen? Their instructions from Herod were to go back to Herod, right? So, had the Magi just kind of blown it off and not listened and gone back to Herod, how does this story end? Jesus' death before he's even four years old. What happens in this story if Joseph, the Magi, let's say that the Magi do listen and they leave, and Joseph wakes up in the middle of the night and goes, Okay, I've listened to this voice one other time. I don't know about this. Fleeing to Egypt? That's an arduous journey. This isn't like saying, Hey, take a stroll down to Theodore from here. Or hey, get in your car and drive over across the bay to Fairhope. This is not what that is. This is a full on, hey, you're about to take a long trip and journey. And you're gonna have to pack up and you're gonna have to become an alien in another country. You're gonna be a refugee. Now how many people wanna join on that train? How many people say, hey, let's pack up the family, let's get it all together and leave everything behind that we've known? This isn't just a simple, oh, what a nice story. I mean, do you understand how complicated and how real and how difficult this was? Joseph is told, leave, leave now, leave all that you know behind. Leave your job, leave your stuff, leave your family, leave everything. And not only leave, I'm not putting you in the witness protection program. You're leaving countries. You're going to a whole nother place, a whole nother country, a whole nother country, and you're going to camp out there, and good luck. Anybody excited about that good news? So what happens if Joseph decides that following this instruction is a little inconvenient? I mean, think about that. What if I was Joseph? I would say, gosh, God, that's a big, that's a big cost. That's very inconvenient. I don't think I'm up for that. Would anybody else do that? Because I'm pretty sure that would be my response. But he didn't do it. So if Joseph had chosen convenience over inconvenience, how does the story end? Jesus' death. What if when Joseph wakes up the family in the middle of the night and says, Mary, we got to get out of here. Now, women, if you are a mother in here, And you have, I don't know, a toddler. And there are no such things as cars. There are no highways. Heck, there aren't trains. There's no public transportation. There's no megabus even. Right? There is donkeys and shoes. And your husband wakes you up in the middle of the night and says, Hey, I just had a vision from the Lord. We must leave everything behind. Family, friends. We've got to leave my work behind. We've got to leave. Every, and we got to go now. How many of you ladies would be up for that agenda? Eh, not so much, right? What happens to this story in the story if Mary says, Joseph, look, No. Uh Uh-uh. Putting my foot down. The story ends with Jesus' death. You see where this is going, right? All along this story in Matthew, the simplicity is deep with meaning behind it. In every turn, the people in the story had to choose obedience over convenience and comfort. They had to choose obedience and listening over self-talk that probably went on in their head so what does this story tell us what are the takeaways for us I think there are really three things that stood out to me as I watched the flow of this over and over again five times remember that an angel shows up speaks and there's human response the first thing is that in every case the people who hear from the angel are spiritually tuned in every time Joseph what do we know about him from chapter one what kind of man was he not rhetorical what kind of man was Joseph simple spiritual yeah he was tuned in but We're told too, right, that he he was simply trying to figure out, okay, here I am, my wife is pregnant, my wife-to-be is pregnant, and I know I wasn't the father, but he simply trusted, right? We also know from chapter 1 that he was spiritually tuned in because he listened to the angel. We also know from chapter 1 that he had the opportunity to either have her Killed or put her aside, and he chose the just and kind way. So we know that he is just and he is kind. We know all these things about Joseph just from the context. He was a righteous man who lived simply to to tune into and obey God. What do we know about the wise men? How how did they end up in this story? What did they see? The stars, right? What did you say? Did you say a spaceship? Oh, (laughs) okay, never mind. All right, so they they saw the star. And I said this when we came to this passage before, they probably saw the two planets that we saw. Anybody else see this the other night, the two planets? They probably saw the two planets that were lined up Jupiter and Saturn Jupiter was the star although we know now it's a planet it was the star that meant royalty Saturn was the star that was connected to the Jewish people and so they were looking at prophecy old Jewish prophecy they were studying the stars in the sky and they were constantly looking for messages and for information and for truth about what god was doing in the world so we know that they were spiritually curious we know that they were seeking truth right so you take these two things and you see golly, in both cases both joseph and the magi and then if we go to Luke, we find that there's a third person in this story that is spiritually attuned. And who is that? It's Mary, right? I mean, Mary could have put the kibosh on any of this. Mary could have been like, eh, not going to happen, God. Sorry, I'm only 13. She could have said, I'm sorry, we've come this far. I'm tired. I've got a toddler or a two-year-old or however old he was when the Magi showed. There is no way I'm packing up and leaving and going to Egypt. But she did. Because she trusted the Lord and she trusted the faith of her husband. And so we see in all three of these agents, the Magi, Mary, and Joseph, a spiritual availability. Availability. they were spiritually dialed in the second thing that they did was they listened not only were they spiritually sensitive but they listened I think a lot of us in this room would probably overall say that we are spiritually sensitive that we want to hear from God that we that when we hear from God, we try to respond in a way that's that's right, that we pray, that we seek His truth. Those are those are things that are true, if you're sitting in this room, probably more than, than likely in most of your life. I mean, I get that. But it's the second part that I struggle with. And I think, I, it might have been you, Raina, I can't remember, but a couple of years ago, someone said that their word for the year was yours, listen, one year okay all right I think it was yours because I remember thinking wow that's a good one because I don't give space to listen I think this part of the story is hard for me so the first part is spiritual sensitive I think I think I mean that's not always easy I get that but the second part of this is then we have to be intentional at listening we have to create space to hear to hear from God To hear from others. I mean, God speaks to us through other people. We have to create space for God to speak to us through His Word. We have to actively listen. So that's the second thing that I see here from these people. And then the third part that all three of them do is they just simply obey. When they hear, they just do it. Now, knowing the humanity of a lot of the characters in the scripture, I'm sure some of them obeyed, but they did it kicking and screaming, kind of like your kids when you're telling them to do a chore and they're just doing it begrudgingly. I mean, sometimes I feel like I do that with God. Oh. Anybody else have kids who purposefully clang things around when they're putting up the dishes from the dishwasher? like come on bro what are you doing doing these having to put dishes up sometimes I treat God like that I get it <clears throat> and I think some of these people did that too but they obeyed sometimes it's just being obedient even if we're not real thrilled about it it's kind of like um it's kind of like um on Thursday nights when we go to run club, and, uh, and I'm at the beginning of that, and I'm stretching, I'm like, I'm, I do not want to do that. There is nothing in me that wants to do this, and I just do it anyway. There are nights I'm like, this is like not going to happen, and I have to psych myself, but I do it anyway. Sometimes that's what obedience is. It's just gritting it through. It's just, ugh. So the three things that I see in these lives of the people, the actors in this story, is that they were spiritually sensitive, that they listened, and that they obeyed. And here's what happens when we do those three things. Divine intervention meets human agency And God's will is played out on the stage of our life and of this world. But we choose. God's speaking, are we spiritually sensitive? He's leading, are we listening? He's directing, are we obeying? Divine intervention meets human obedience and agency, and God moves. And if none of these three, or any one of these three, choose wrongly, the story of Jesus as a baby ends badly. And so I want to close with this thought for you guys, and this is where I want you to spend some time this week. Are you dialed in? Are all the dials where they need to be so that you are spiritually sensitive, so that you are listening, and so that you're obeying, obeying God as He leads you? Are you really tuned in and dialed in to His frequency? maybe you need to adjust your rabbit ears now what is this better maybe you need to tune in a little bit more finely. maybe there's a little static that you've allowed in your connection with God but are your dials lined up and tuned in I can't do it for you I can't do it for my family It's all on you. I hope this message was meaningful and powerful to you. But I also hope that it was challenging. And as always, don't just hear it. Put it into action. Until next week, have a great one.